welcome to the Executive Insights Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Miller. Excited for this week's episode. I'm joined by John Kellerals, a tech and security leader with stints at GoGo, Xylem, Reliability First, Wheels, and currently leading security operations at CF Industries. CF works to provide clean energy to feed and fuel the world sustainably. I want him to join us to read the tea leaves, gaze into the crystal ball, we're going to find out what to expect through the end of this year as we focus on 2022. So when we come back, we'll be joined by John. John, thank you so much for joining us. I always love when we get a chance to sit down and talk. JD, good to see you again too, sir. I, I'm curious, and I want to get your take as we dive right on it. From a security standpoint, what's been the biggest learnings from 2021 that we can carry forward into planning for Q4 and 2022? Uh, you know, from my perspective, uncertainty is what is uh, a constant at this point. We, we don't know what uh, return to office looks like. We don't know um, a lot of different things in terms of what we can expect or can't expect. Um, we do know that uh, the uh, phishing attacks and those types of campaigns are on the rise. And, and we certainly see that, you know, not just in my organization, but uh, throughout so the uncertainty of what's coming to us and how we're going to respond to it is, is one of the biggest learnings, how to be flexible in that regard. I think we all kind of got some yoga flexibility, right, this past year, because we, we've got to, our departments had to bend and stretch in certain ways we didn't even think uh, we needed to a couple of years ago, but we've gotten very agile, not to use that term in a way that people don't even use that term anymore, but uh, right. I, you know, I, I want to talk as a leader at your organization and, and overall, do you think organizations are accurately educated on threats and the extended points of attacks that are plugging us today? So I think uh, most organizations um, do see all of the various changes and attacks that are coming all the time. I think they're aware of different styles of attacks. Um, Everyone, I think, is versed on zero days in terms of what that means in a, an accelerated patch cycle. Uh, I think the leaders understand that uh, we can't predict exactly what the attack will be, but there will be attacks. And I think they're aware of those uh, events that are coming that we don't know exactly what they are, but we know we will respond to them. You know, we talk often about education, right? But user awareness doesn't always lead to behavioral change. Where do you think there's a disconnect there? You know, so it's really interesting from a standpoint of security awareness training. I'm a big fan of security awareness training, getting that to the forefront of people in a manner that um, doesn't punish them, uh, keeps it on the forefront without being irritating or pestering them. Um, I found a lot of value in the security awareness training programs. Um, you'll find people that, uh, uh, slip during those uh, testing events uh, are much more mindful about doing it going forward so they won't have uh, a challenge. Uh, in terms of the behavior that you don't change, right, the security awareness training will also find what I'll call clickers. Clickers are the ones that are going to click on it no matter what you do, whether they do it two or three times in a row. Uh, and, and you can identify who those folks are so that you can put special security borders or barriers around them to protect the organization. And, and they're not malicious about it. It's just um, they, they're, they're, they're programmed or they're wired to just click on something because they're so busy typically trying to get stuff done. Interesting. So I'm curious, how should leaders instill confidence among customers, internal stakeholders, and their market then? 
I think the best way to instill confidence from that perspective is to be honest and transparent uh, about, you know, the level of protections that you exercise. And, and you know, there, there has to be an understanding that you will do your very best. But there's no guarantee that a really well-funded, uh, a really well-organized, a really determined adversary might be able to get in at some point. And, and what you have to convince the folks is that you have uh, processes, tools, and procedures in place that you can actually um, identify that it's happening and recover from it in a, in a timely manner. You know, it's interesting. A recent study that I read, 66% of security leaders feel their organization is unprepared to cope with a targeted cyber attack in 2021. As a matter of fact, 53% of CISOs are more concerned about repercussions of a cyber attack in 2021 than they were in 2020. Are we sliding backwards? It kind of has that feeling, doesn't it? I, I don't know that we're sliding backwards. I do know that we've seen increased attacks. I think some of that comes from you know, the uh, increase in the ransomware. Uh, there's been more successes from the bad guys uh, um, deploying ransomware and, and getting funding from it. So, you know, to a certain extent, you know, we're in a way funding, you know, the continuation of those attacks. I don't know that we're sliding backwards. Uh, I do know that there's been some very high profile cases. Uh, and if you can learn from those that uh, are publicly, um, you know, displayed and, and, and plug the holes in your organization, and, and you know, do your best to make sure that someone else is the target of the attack as opposed to your organization. I think you help yourself in that regard. So I'm not sure we're sliding back. I just know that the bad guys are always getting better. Uh, if has been replaced by when, as far as attacks, right? And changing that mindset from a security department as a security leader is a lot easier than changing that mindset in the C-suite or the rest of your organization. How do you best convey that, like, hey, be ready, be vigilant, um, but without spreading fear. Yeah, so that's one of the things that, uh, you know, the security uh, organizations have always said, oh, it, you're just drumming up uh, uh, additional dollars to support an organizational activity. Um, most security professionals that I know don't offer a guarantee that you will never be hacked or never be, um, you know, uh, exposed. Uh, from a standpoint of data that you don't want to get out. Um, but what you can do is, is put it into a risk perspective, right? You can focus the attention of the organization on um, known events or uh, uh, tactics that are wildly being exploited uh, so that you can focus your attention on that. You can't focus on everything. You have to focus on the things that are most important to your organization, right? What would harm you? What would put you out of business? Um, you know, what keeps you out of uh, the Wall Street Journal on the next day, right? Yeah. Yeah, you don't want your organization to be that headline, that's for sure. You know, you know that, that kind of shifts the conversation a bit to remote work, and 58% of CISOs agree that remote working has made their organization more vulnerable to targeted cyber attacks. Are we out of the woods yet as far as the challenges of uh, supporting the hybrid workforce? No, I don't think we're out of the woods, uh, and, and, and this is a twofold uh, thing, right? In your uh, office environment, you typically have your perimeter firewalls in a controlled environment um, that you're able to take care of and uh, upgrade support you know, appropriately. Uh, when people are working from home or working from anywhere in a, you know, any type of a coffee shop environment where the wireless isn't secured, there's a lot more risks associated with that. 
and people are trying to make sure that you're protected, whether you use some type of VPN technology uh, to do uh, the control of that environment to the best that you can. Uh, but let's face it, you know, people plug into their printers at home. Uh, and, and, you know, when was the last time somebody updated their printer OS system or, you know, any of the other types of things, right? So there's, there's more opportunities for the bad guys to get a foothold. Do you allow split tunneling in your environment? Do you not allow split tunneling, right? So you can take split tunneling away and then people can't use their printers at home. So then what do they do to get that printed? Well, they do something else, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that whatever controls you put in place um, does not um, incite your employees to be productive by doing it in a way that may not be um, a recognized supported configuration, right? So what you wanna do is help the business be successful you know, in this remote situation. Yeah, and, and quell fears, right? You know, to, to try to do that. So overall, a majority of uh, global CISOs expect their cybersecurity budget to increase 11% or more in the next two years. I know that's good news for a lot of security execs out there. And, and two and three believe they'll be able to better resist and recover from cyber attacks by 2023. So with that in mind, what do you think the top, let's say, three priorities for security executives should be as we look to 2022? Um, wow, that's a that's a loaded. It's loaded. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure about the 11 percent number going up or whatever, um, but organizations are clearly focusing on a, a number of different security priorities. Right, making sure your equipment is current, making sure your patching is current, uh, making sure that it stays current doing the technical refreshes when it's appropriate to do so, shifting some of the workload to an area that you consider acceptable for the cloud. All of those types of things are activities that everyone has to look at. But in terms of you know various different things that are going on, IoT is coming in to play a lot more than it ever was. And, and security professionals that I've talked to, um, you know, are concerned exactly about the IOTs that don't have the ability to provide a, uh, an enterprise level of um, uh, security that we've become accustomed to, right? So how do you maintain isolated environments so those devices can't be compromised and leak information out of your organization? That's a big thing that has to happen. The other thing that uh, is, is a big change that I see coming is a lot of the uh, cloud to cloud um, interconnections that in most cases are beyond the purview of traditional on-premise devices. So I think CASB and SASE type solutions are going to be much more important so you can get a similar type of visibility into those things. I mean, if you want to talk about some big name um, um, uh, activities going on, you know, the Salesforce to M365, right? The, the common rollout for that is they want you to whitelist approximately 500,000 IPs, right? Which makes a security professional, um, you know, really get concerned about what that does to your organization. So how do you get comfortable with that, with the tools and technologies to make sure that you're not unnecessarily exposing risk to the organization? How do you get comfortable with the direct connection to the M365 environment where you have Teams and SharePoint and all those different tools that are really changing on a weekly basis, right? So you can't just do a security review, set it and forget it once a year. It has to be a continuous evolving process. So the way we're gonna be working is gonna be vastly different. And you have to, once again, focus on the things that are the most important to the organization for providing that security. 
you know, that, that continuous process uh, of securing and that to me also puts a lot of weight uh, on you as a security executive. Do you feel expectations on the CISO and security departments out there are too high or, or excessive today? So great question. I, I really don't think the expectations of the business, the CEO and everyone else, I don't think those expectations on the security groups are changing. I think they expect us to keep them safe, right? What is different is the pace that we're going to change and going to the cloud to provide, um, you know, different opportunities for the bad guys to exploit things. So the expectation to keep us safe hasn't changed, uh, but the ability to meet that expectation is, is, is more difficult clearly more difficult to do that because the technology is changing so rapidly, right? And so the team will continuously work very hard to make sure that the equivalent protections that we've had before with the on-premise activities, right, um, stay in the same range of risk, right? There's no zero risk environment. We talk about zero trust environments, but there's no zero risk environment. You know, it's interesting. I think you and I have had discussions at, at, at events before. You know, this pace of change also is going up against a, a skill gap that, that's out there today. And, and getting the staff you need, you know, the tools you need in, in hand and, and the skill set to do it, that's still, in, in my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's going to be one of the biggest challenges next year. You've got, you mentioned the IoT is going to be a, hugely in, in important as far as having our focus endpoint uh, continues to change, you know, all over the place, but that skills gap, do you, are, are you seeing that let up at all, or is this getting a little, even more crazy? Well, so there is a skills gap just because of the workload um, that's placed on the various teams to do things um, that, you know, are, are really just security centric focus is your core job, as well as the additional project work that's put on that team to move stuff from one defined area to another defined area or, or the interrelationship or interconnections to other systems. So there's there's more things that are out there. The bad guys have more tools. The ability to detect what they're doing is there, but the volume of the activity uh, to, to um, triage, if you will, uh, becomes uh, a challenge, right? So th there's more and more tools that every security professional is looking at. There's more screens that we can look at, right? Everyone drives to get down to that single pane of glass, right? That, that illusory goal of, of trying to get to just one pane of glass. And if you can get it down to five, you're probably thrilled, right? But the, the interrelationships and the connections to see uh, the bad guys when they come in and do the low and slow attacks as opposed to the just banging down your front door where mm -hmm. you can detect it, right? Looking and correlating all of that type of stuff becomes... Uh, you know, something that's a challenge. Now, when we talk about the skills gap, I've had discussions with my team members. Some of them are really excited about doing that hunting activity so they can see it, right? And they they look for every opportunity to build their skills and, and to catch this. And, and they feel a certain amount of pride or have some bragging rights to saying, hey, I found this guy before he was able to do something. So there's always gonna be a skills gap. There's always gonna be a growth opportunity uh, because we're not fighting a static battle with the bad guys. They're always changing it. Um, there is a difficulty finding staff. There always is a difficulty finding and retaining, you know, really talented people. So, you know, that's the job of leadership is to identify uh, the folks 
that you know really are critical to your organization and making sure that they stay engaged in a manner that wants them to stay you know working at your organization. And I feel like the uh, ability to lean on vendors has been better than before too, right? Because um, they have the expertise. You're, you're already paying them, right? You know, lean in and and have them help because chances are a lot of the the departments are. Um, short-staffed or under-skilled to where they need to, to be today. So right. we, we've, we've talked, oh, go, go ahead. Yeah, we, we are absolutely leaning on our vendors for doing different things because the pace of stuff that's happening is, is, is just phenomenal, right? So we bring in, you know, our, our cloud providers and our, you know, solution architects and that type of stuff. And we look at it and as we're setting up the environments, it's funny, you hear from them on a regular basis, well, what worked last week at our organization doesn't work because it's changed, right? And, and even the vendors are struggling to stay up with what they have in terms of the feature sets being released, as well as the supply chain issues to de deploy or deliver the hardware that you want to get. I mean, all of those are are definitely constraints that people are working against. It is. We, we've had a lot of talk so far here today and as we round out uh, of the negatives, right? Talk to me as you look at 2022, um, as a positive outlook of where security departments and executives should be focused. Tell me a little bit about um, what's good on the horizon. Um, so what's good on the horizon uh, for me is, is our organization has been deploying SD-WAN and we hope to have that substantially um, uh, deployed, you know, towards the end of this year. And what's nice and what's positive for me is that having a resilient solution in place like that takes away some of the emergencies that come up when a single circuit goes away or, you know, then, and then you're scrambling to do a support for that. If you can take some of that unplanned emergency work away, that does give you some time to uh, handle the events that are the bad guys knocking on your door that those aren't planned either. So I'm, I'm encouraged by having more time available uh, as we make uh, our environment more robust, just like everyone else is on that, on that same journey so that you're not single-threaded in a lot of different environments. So I'm excited about that. Yep. Thank you so much for, for joining us today and letting us pick your brain. Thank you very much, JD. You have a great day. A big thank you to John for joining us on this week's episode of Executive Insights. If you'd like to listen to past episodes, just go to cdmmedia.com or wherever you get your podcasts. On behalf of everybody here at CDM Media, Keep connecting.